0: you're listening to session zero a DD podcast for new dms where we explain the miracle of birth to virgin dungeon masters i'm your host sean and i'm your host andre okay after all the anticipation now it's game night You have your dice, you have some players, character sheets, and an adventure, and some notes. So now it's time to panic. That's right. Panic is inevitable. There is nothing you can do about this feeling. So accept it and move on! And while panic is making your stomach churn, try to remember that that feeling is not really panic. It's anticipation and excitement. Some people have the same feelings when they fall in love. But know this. You have done the work. You're prepared and you are ready. There is nothing more you need to consider before this point. Except food. Sorry, what have we done? Food. We haven't done nearly enough about food. We
1: did mention food in session two. That was only a passing reference to food. And food needs to be highlighted. Pizza stained character sheets are part of D&D lore. And a passing reference to food is not good enough. This is an important issue. And it needs to be done right. When people are gathered together, food is the glue that binds them. Whether it's pizza, snacks, chips, drinks, whatever it is. Food needs to be arranged to make sure everyone keeps their energy up and it creates their vibe. It's part of the culture we should foster. It doesn't take much to ask your players to bring something along. As dungeon master, you are doing all the prep for the game, so get your players to bring something to the table. There.
0: <sighs> they needed to be said. Okay. We'll keep that in. Yes, we will. Let's get on with the dungeon master stuff. Yeah, okay. You go first. I'm gonna go make a sandwich. Right, so, uh, okay. So, you've shown up to your pre-arranged venue, ready to run your first Dungeons & Dragons adventure. Snacks may be on the table. You've set up your dungeon area with your Dungeon Master screen. You give your players a pre-generated character, randomly, or you let them choose. That bit's up to you. Give your players time to look over the sheet, but not too much. There may be some questions. Answer the simple ones, but try not to get too bogged down in explanations just yet. Then, set the scene. Mm. Uh, Trust that the
1: magic will begin as you begin to talk. Your players are expecting to be led, so don't worry if they haven't settled down just
0: yet. They'll be excited and anxious, and people cope with this in different ways. There's no need for ceremony. If you have something pre-written, simply begin to read it. If you're beginning without a script, just start talking and the spell that is Dungeons & Dragons will draw players in and they will start listening. You begin in a tavern. And like magic,
1: you've started. There is an icy chill in the night air as you meet in the Winding Wind Tavern at the center of Pemberton Brook, a small farming village a few days' ride from the capital Virok, on the edge of the Sarkon Empire, just north of the Imperial Coast, in the northern hemisphere on the planet Dekdarian, which itself is in the furthest reaches of the one-winged horse constellation, a grouping of stars on the dark side of the galaxy, just north of the Peddler's Belt, east of the Champagne Supernova. Your patron
0: Lady Tomato is late. You look around and see
1: people you know of, but have not yet met.
0: This is the time your players' characters will introduce themselves. Get your players involved at the table as soon as you can. The first few minutes of the game isn't so much about what you've prepared, it's about ordering fake beer and establishing your players in the game world. Sean, introduce your character. I'm Kevin, Blood Wizard of the Flooded Forests. Now, your
1: players will have questions. How do they know what race they are? How do they know what they look like? Where is the bathroom? Can they open the chocolatey clears? Point the players to the character sheet or the door, whichever is the most appropriate, and let them find the information, toilet or chocolatey goodness
0: themselves. Some players may use a voice or a quirk. Some will just read what they've been given. Whatever it is, let your players come to this themselves. Andre, introduce your character, please.
1: Um, what's this? I'm just a small town girl oh, no, no, no. Living in a lonely world Nan and Nan and Nan
0: and Nan and Stop,
1: My name is Ruby Tea Leaf, I'm a halfling rogue and one day I'm going to be the biggest pop star this hill has ever seen.
0: After everyone has met, you now want to introduce the goal of the session. This is to give everyone around the table purpose and it will drive the narrative of the game. The door to
1: the tavern opens, in steps a half elf woman wearing a slim green suit. The plump red cheeks give her away as Lady Tomato. She flirts with the tavern owner before wandering over to the table. She leans close and says, I have a very special mission for you lot. I'm almost done with a potion, really powerful stuff, that will do super cool plot stuff later on. I need you to go to the Demi Jerry and get his left toe. It's the last ingredient for my super cool mysterious potion.
0: This could become your first interaction with the players. They may want to negotiate with Lady Tomato for a greater mission reward, or they may want secret information. You, as DM, can call for
1: ability checks to determine what happens. If so, you'll once again be pointing your players to the character sheet. You'll be doing this a lot during the first session, as the players will need to reference the sheet to
0: find their modifiers for dice rolls. Kevin wants to ask Lady Tomato to marry him. Are you serious? yeah. He loves those red cheeks, and he thinks it will do wonders for his political ambitions. Okay, um, can you roll a Charisma
1: check at disadvantage please, because that's highly inappropriate. Okay. On the character sheet, there are numbers associated with ability and skills. These are expressed as plus or minus numbers, and are called modifiers. To complete a check, your players are going to roll their 20-sided dice, then add or subtract the appropriate modifier. Kevin rolled 15, minus 1 for charisma, so that's a 14. It's up to you, the DM, to decide what type of check you would like the player to do. In this example, we could just as easily have asked Kevin, the wizard, to do a persuasion check. As DM, it's your prerogative, but generally you want to pick a skill that is appropriate. 14's not bad. Kevin looks very handsome in the subdued tavern light. It is also up to you, the DM, to determine the difficulty class, or DC, for the ability check. The DC is how easy or hard it is for the players to succeed at a task. A DC 5 is very easy, 15 is moderate, and 25 is very difficult. As DM, you want to set the DC before the player rolls. And for Kevin's little stunt, the DC was 29. 14 just doesn't cut it. Lady D'Amato slaps you and says... You didn't even buy me flowers or take me on a date. If you weren't so useful, I'd throw you off this mission right now. Don't ask me again. Why can't you be more like Mr.
0: Sir Mashalot? Kevin is visibly upset, but inside, he vows to one day impress Lady Tomato. Kevin also takes 1d4 minus 1 damage.
1: As Lady Tomato had her rings on, and when she slapped him, it was a backhanded slap, and he took that much damage.
0: (gasps) (laughs) The character sheet is also where players record damage. Each character has a maximum hit point number which is whittled down towards zero each time they are harmed. If a player ever reaches zero or below, they will be at
1: death's door. More on that when we talk about combat next session. For now, the party has met each other, they've got food, they've been given a goal of the session, some horses, they're about to leave the village. Can I buy a sword? A good sword before we leave? Uh, Kev, you're a wizard. Yeah,
0: Masterlot has a sword. That's Mr. Sir Mashalot to you. The character sheet tells players what equipment they're carrying and what equipment they're good at using. This is also known as a character's proficiencies. Mr. Sir Mashalot is a fighter. He's proficient in swords.
1: Are you proficient in swords? It says I'm proficient with short and long swords. Yes, and it also says you have a sword in your inventory. Yes, but that's a short sword. Which is a sword? But Kevin wants a long sword like Mashalot's. Okay, Um. roll your investigation. 15. You spend 5 minutes finding the smithy, but it's night, it is shut. Is there a late night smithy?
0: No. I'm gonna look anyway. And there goes 20 minutes. The character suit contains players' money, and that's important to players as they love imaginary money. Our recommendation
1: is not to worry too much about in-game currency to begin with. The players will be buying drinks and eating food, and if it's mundane spending for the first session, just hand wave it. Use only one currency gold. Conversion from gold to silver to copper is something you don't need to go into right now.
0: Also on the character sheet are the attack boxes. This holds information on how players will slice enemies with weapons or entrap them with spells. Your first session should include at least one combat. Your players will be expecting to kill something, so you don't want to disappoint them. As your story proceeds, your players will get into all
1: sorts of conflicts. You'll ask them to make ability and skill checks and determine how the story unfolds from the result. What rolling philosophy you use to roll DM dice is up to you. You can roll behind the screen or in front of it. But whatever way you choose, you should stick to it for
0: the whole session. So, Kevin says to the Goblin Leader, Look, I don't want to hurt you, but Sir Mashalot over there does. That's Mr Sir Mashalot to you. I mean, Mr Sir Mashalot wants to hurt you.
1: So tell us what you know or else! Here you can set Kevin an Intimidation check, DC 18, making it hard for the first level wizard to scare the leader.
0: <laughs> I rolled a
1: 20! Minus one charisma, that's
0: 19! The goblin leader wets his pants and spills the beans, telling you everything you need to know. Like any good story, there should be structure to the session. However, there is nothing wrong with losing control of the story at some point. Losing control of the story for a bit is not losing control of the session. In fact, losing control of the story is d Preach, brother. The night might go well, it might not. But whatever it is, D&D is a collaborative game. It's good for your players to take control of the characters, take control of the environment, and take control of the story. Mm-hmm. This isn't a competitive game. This isn't about winning solo. It's about winning together. Oh, yeah. If the group comes out of the night having fun, everyone has won. Well said. Amen. As you are playing, take note of who
1: is talking and who isn't, and make sure you direct a few questions towards the quieter ones in the group. We now know we need to go into the tower, but how are we going to get in there? I could sing and create a distraction. Stop,
0: Ruby! Thank you. Uh, Sir Mashalot, any ideas? Mr. Sir Mashalot, to you. Mr. Sir Mashalot, any ideas? Mm, no. Okay, it'll be up to me. I'll sneak in and get the key. I cast Disguise Self. D&D has magic,
1: and eventually there will be spells. A magic user in D&D has a wide variety of choices when it comes to spells made available to them by their class. You, as DM, do not need to know what spells do beforehand. You do not need to memorize them. But
0: you will need to let your players know the basic concepts of spell casting. Explain to your magic users that they can draw a certain amount of magic from the world to cast spells before they need a rest. Their available magical energy is measured in spell slots. When a player casts a spell, get them to read aloud what it does. This will be on the
1: character sheet, or in the player's handbook, or on the spell cards, or on D
0: and D Beyond, depending on what you are using. Otherwise, the extent of the illusion is up to you. So, I disguise myself as Lady Tomato. Using a spell will use up a spell slot. The magic
1: user will mark off one of the slots of the right level on the character sheet, and they can keep casting spells as long as they have slots free. Use slots return after a long rest.
0: Some spells happen instantaneously, but others your players will need to make an attack roll, or the spell's target will need to roll against the power of the spell. When the player reads the spell text, it will explain what needs to happen. We'll go over spells again in next session. When a
1: situation comes up, or any kind of rule issue crops up, that you don't know the answer to, don't look for the rule unless you know exactly where to find it. Write the problem down in your notes and make a ruling up on the spot quickly.
0: If you can't decide if something should work, roll a six-sided dice, odds it works, even as it doesn't. Let your players know you are doing this. Or, if you think a situation would result in damage, get the player to roll a 1d4, take the damage and move on. After the session is finished, you'll have a little bit of homework, but this is the best time to learn new rules. Learning a rule with
1: a specific event in mind lets you remember it more easily, and also allows you to understand the rule with a greater depth of understanding. In the first few sessions, you'll be writing down a lot of rules to look up, but as time goes on, it'll be less and less and less I mean, I haven't found the bottom yet. I'm still looking up rules. But, you know, one day, it, you won't actually even think of it.
0: How long does it
1: take to cook a chicken? Roll 1d4 damage, please. Damage? Why? Well, the chicken heard you wanted to cook it and fought back. It's now running off down the road. Do an athletics check if you want to try and catch it. Down,
0: chicken, come here!
1: I rolled a four! Oh, man! Ooh! <laughs> the chicken is coming back with friends, and you think one of them has a flick knife. If you find you're heading towards the three-hour mark and you've nowhere near finished the adventure, that's totally fine. It's more important to encourage your players to join in rather than sticking to the schedule.
0: And finally, on the character sheet, you have character traits. These are the quirks that describe who the characters are, the bonds they hold in their heart, and the one flaw that keeps getting them into trouble.
1: Your players can read their traits on the character sheet, but encourage them to play and discover their own character personalities. Ask them often. What would your character like to do? And let them have their moments. You want players to be saying about the same amount as you do over
0: the course of the session. 50% player, 50% dungeon master. For a session, you've already done the hard work in preparation. That's where you've had to climb the mountain. When the session starts, you're at the peak. You're opening comments are a push that gets the session rolling, and then it's your job as DM to guide the session to the bottom of the slope. Um... I'm sorry, you lost me at Mountain. Okay, I think that's it for this session. You know about food and drink, you've set up your DM area, you've kicked off the story, character introductions are done, the mission brief has been delivered, encounters succeed or fail, and good nature's humour has ensued. Well done.
1: You've been listening to Session Zero, a D&D podcast for new mothers. I've been your host Andre.
0: And I've been your host Sean.
1: We'll talk about combat in our next session, Sombrero and Lipstick. None of us are really that good at strategy, are we?
0: What are you talking about? We own those goblins.
1: Ruby at a concert. I nearly died, and I think you were hitting on the goblin that looked the most like a woman.
0: Yeah, that was the strategy. I needed a date. Uh, fair enough. <laughs>